Well, but, uh, Father yeah. Deacon, I can't help but notice. I think you have the sweetest beard that has ever been on our show. <laughs> well, thank you. So, thank so you. clearly, you have so many godchildren because they're attracted to your glorious beard. Got a beard and it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers, reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwreck. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty and abuse for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, one, my checks don't bounce, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just two and now. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty and abuse for your ears to hear. Okay. Hello, everybody, and you are tuned into another episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. Yeah. I am your co-host, Nomadic Vagabond, with the ever-illustrious... John Jay of Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett. What's going on, man? And nothing, my friend. I'm just uh, just getting out of a, a cold snap here in Oregon. We had a, not as bad as Texas, but we had three days of freezing rain and snow. So I got a three-day weekend last week and didn't have to go to work. <laughs> I've heard everybody in this country is freezing, but it, here in South Florida, it's like balmy in 81. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I was actually going to post something about it. And then I saw how terrible things were in Texas. And I was like, anything I post will just sound yeah. mean. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I, well, we, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. Yes. Brother, the album behind you, I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm behind you. That's one of my favorite all times music. I and me were very close, you know, um, I love that's a beautiful too. album oh yeah beautiful album. i love to see that behind you so i just had to say that so okay <laughs> i had to get i had to get the max romeo too yes 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 yeah. all right so let us introduce our guest we've got a uh, father deacon michael um a man who's very special to me who we've uh you know had conversations over the years and been able to build a relationship um would you like to say a few things about yourself to kind of just introduce yourself a little bit and who you are? Sure. Um, Father Deacon Michael, like he said, uh, I'm nobody. Um, I'm just a servant of God and trying to do my best to be that. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm a father. Um, I'm, you know, many things to many people, a spiritual father to um 17, 18 people, Godfather to 43 people. Wow. Um, and that's, and that's why I'm here. Um, because they pray for me, you know, mm. so, um, I'm very, pre uh, very much, um, grateful for all the people in my life, you know, my wife and everyone and, and those that have came to me in my, um, path to Christ and, um even in my failings you know in my sins the people that have came in that too i i'm thankful for everyone that's came to me because it's all it's all one you know and then you choose 
you choose to either go towards yeah. love or you go towards sin. Yeah. And, and sometimes you walk in between. Um, so, well, but, um, Fa- Father yeah. Deacon, I can't help but notice, I think you have the sweetest beard that has ever been on our show. <laughs> well, thank you. So, so thank clearly you. <laughs> you have so many godchildren because they're attracted to your glorious beard. Is that correct? <laughs> it must be. It must be. I don't know why else. <laughs> well, well, seeing as you, be. you have the best beard that's been on the show so far, and Beards is our show's uh, middle name, I'm curious, what do you do to yeah. take care of your beard, uh, if anything? Um, nothing. <laughs> this is what I do for my beard. Just strokes it. Just there you go. <laughs> Not, nothing more. <laughs> Besides a regular, you know, washing, you know, washing your hair and stuff like that. Take it. Do you trim? Do you trim the hair. edges at all or anything like that? Or no, no nothing. No, no. Nothing. Just let it go. I'm, I'm old Rasta, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, what what did what did you think of uh, Clayton trimming his beard? What's going on with that? Um, <laughs> I think. I think I told him that if he was trimming his heart, I would be concerned, mm. you know, but, yeah. but hair is, but hair is, um, well, first of all, it grows back. And second of all, it's like clothes. It's like something you put on, you know, it's not, yeah. but if he would have said he was trimming his heart. I would probably be there in his room right now. <laughs> you know, trying to do something you know? <laughs> so so in other words it didn't concern me at all yeah <laughs> and and you know truly i've I, i've never met my 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 spiritual son uh in person so this uh, is all i know him from you know sure. we've never actually got to be together because of the pandemic and everything you know so um, pray for that to happen, yeah. you know, that we can actually hug each other one day. You know? Yeah. So, and you too, brother. I would love to hug you too. Mm-hmm. Well, so so we, we should say we're all coming from three very different places. Um, you know, yeah. as we've said on the show before, Clayton's out in, in Portland, Oregon. I'm in South Florida. And mm-hmm. where are you, Father Deacon? Uh, Lawrence, Kansas. I'm right in the middle. Right in the oh, middle. Of the yeah. In nowhere Lawrence. land, but- yeah, yeah, but a very beautiful, beautiful town and uh, beautiful people. Um, we're we're like that gym in in the middle of um, craziness, you know. But there's a lot of good people, a lot of good people here, you know. I'm so very my, grateful to be. Here. My impression of Lawrence is that it's a really cool town. I yeah, I went through there um, when I was on tour for my album, The Summer of the Cicadas. I believe that was my turnaround point. I came from South Florida, went up through the Midwest, um, and then across over to to Lawrence. Played a, played a show at. Um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I just sent it to to Clayton earlier, but yeah, um, yeah. Played played a show. At this really cool cool joint. They had a marquee out front and everything. It was a it was a rap show and Granada, um, probably Granada. That is not ringing a bell, but no? okay. It has two. It has two red doors, and one says "enter," and the other says "exit." Yeah, the bottleneck. Oh, bottleneck! Does that? Bottleneck. Does that ring oh, up? yeah, 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 yeah. That's right around the corner from us. Yeah, from Liberty so, Hall. Believe it or not, 
the bottleneck is the birthplace of this podcast. Wow. Uh, the very first two episodes were recorded in the green room at the bottleneck. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. No. <laughs> that is amazing. Go, glory be to God. <laughs> Here we are, full circle. For a full circle. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so how long have you been in Lawrence? Um, I'm, I was born in Manhattan, Kansas, about an hour away. Okay. And me and my wife moved here, I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that. You know, we have a place out in the country outside of Lawrence. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And I promoted uh, reggae shows in Lawrence for many years and did a reggae radio show. Um, really? For 14 years, you know, on a, a community radio station. So. Uh, Rock the Revival show is what it was called, and we did um, we did a um, on Memorial Weekend for I think it was twelve years. We did a what we called the Roster Revival campout, and it was a Boy Scout camp, and we just came together and many things happened, but we you know cooked together and prayed together and you know not so much. Um, there wasn't so much schedule, you know, like games and stuff like that planned or something. It was just us being together and there was a place to swim and, you know, so it was a beautiful place, but, um, people came from, um, all over America somehow found out about it. I think the most we ever had was like 120 people or something like that, but usually around 60, 70 people. Um, Mostly local people, but then there was also people that just somehow found out about it and showed up, you know. And yeah. all those people are my family now and uh, very close to me still, you know, very close. And we're actually um, planning a, a Rasta Revival camp out, uh, what would you call it? Um, reunion, reunion, you know. As soon yeah. as this um, pandemic thing is over, we're going to try to do something again. So something like wow. that, because a lot of the people that came all those years, the kids that came, which were great, are now parents. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they they've actually contacted me and said they would love for their kids to come to this. You know, mm. I promise them we will try to do it again. You know, you know, knowing that it won't be the same, but um, right, right. I, you know, we'll do what we can do, you know, but nothing's well, the, the heart's the, the heart's the same. Yeah. The heart's the same. The heart's the same. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah. Uh, maybe you guys can come. And are you, and, and these things are very, uh, very music driven, right. Too. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, when, when I, I just feel like there's so much power in music, um, yeah, me too. that, that it ties things together over time. Right. Yes. Truly. Uh, Truly. And, and, and also that part about the heart, I think is, is kind of crucial too. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mean this in, in a, in a negative way, but I think of like the difference between the original Woodstock and the, what was it? Woodstock 99 or something that like mm-hmm. MTV put together. Right. One was extremely commercialized. 94. Ni- right. 94. Okay. It was even yeah. longer ago. So, but, yeah. but it was extremely commercialized. Right. And, and uh, corporate driven and money driven. And it, it simply could not be the same thing. 
no. at that point, right? No. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, it's true for anything. You know, you can't. I mean, anything deep and hard, article, you know, things. Um, you try to recreate it, but it's it's not possible, really. But you can create a new, yeah, a new thing like that. You know, I mean. And even though the commercial part of the Woodstock and stuff like that, I'm, I guarantee you some people were found, you know, some sure. people were, were saw that and, you know, it became their thing then. And now they right. possibly have tasted that real thing, you yeah. know, because yeah. they looked more and they saw the real one, you know? So even yeah. the commercial thing, you know, even, you know, like Trump and all that kind of stuff, we have to recognize that all those things are given to us to feel and to be and to live from and, you know, grow from and to be more, you know. So even something that's very evil or very counter of what we're, we are, we, we must see why it came to us, you know, sure. at this yeah. time. Why did it come right now? Why did that come right now? Because that's what we needed to see right now, you know, Yeah. And, and go within and, you know, and then it becomes bigger. Then it becomes a podcast. Then it becomes a song. <laughs> then it becomes a, yeah. you know, all those things, you know, and that's how we keep going. We keep, we keep growing and we keep being more and more and more. And that to me is what God is, you know, mm. God gives us these opportunities God gives us opportunities to seize and to make more for him, yeah. you know, but he allows us to do those things, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it, it like, it overwhelms me quite often, you know, and then I realize, ah, he gave me another chance, you know, <laughs> Yeah, he gave me another chance. And it's too, like, you know, I mean, just even with all this going on, there's times I'm like, oh, if I had more time, um, to read and or to pray or to do all these things like oh that'd be great and then you know I mean for me I'm still working and all that but it's like I've been given I've been given that chance and then what do I do with it you know like how many times do I just right. zone out on tv or something you know but right. um right. well no like another thing father Deacon. I haven't, we haven't asked was, um, you know, how long have you, how long have you, uh, had, had your dread? Um, maybe 40 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They used to be longer. They, 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 you know, came file off and things, you know, during the years, but yeah, yeah probably about 40 years. I was going to say, how does that work? They, they just kind of gradually, some of them just detach or part of it detaches. Yeah. Or? Yeah, they get thin, you know, and they, yeah. you know, yeah, pull on them or something, and they come off, you know. I got you. Um, some, some are stronger than others, and you know, it's just a natural thing, you know. It's nothing that right. you try to do, you know. So, I mean, that's what, to me, that's what dreadlocks are, you know. It's just yeah. is. It's not something you like manicure, you know, try to make right. it a certain way. You know? And I, I realize that you can do that too, but. I, I had no idea that I was going to get such an education on on dreadlocks uh, <laughs> by asking Nomadic to join the, the podcast. 
You know, this is the second or third episode that I think we've talked about dreadlocks. It's, I'm now wishing I had some. I, I, you know, I got this short haircut. Now, you know? Yeah, but you got thick, beautiful hair, man. Hey, it's never yeah. too late, brother. <laughs> Just throw away your comb, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know if my wife will like that. <laughs> you never know. Six months, I'll be in big trouble, you know? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she loves it. Yeah. Well, so that brings us. Um, you know, something some people may know, um, cause you've been, um, you know, like the first time I heard of you was on a podcast. It was, um, by Kevin Allen. It was the Illumid Heart. Um, and then in an issue of, um, uh, oh God, I've, I have a subscription to the magazine too. Um, Road to Emmaus Journal. Oh, nice. And then, um, I remember trying to email you but it bounced back because it was an old email. And then a friend of mine was telling me, he's, oh, there was like this little documentary kind of about people in, in um, Kansas and um, that you were on. It was like the, um, the R Town. And so he had me watch that. And then there was a, yes. you had your email and give your address and all that. And so then there was the new email. And so that's when I emailed you you know, finally, and that's when we started kind of building that connection and then finding you on Instagram and stuff and kind of building from there and then, mm-hmm. you know, talking to each other on the phone. Right. Um, but you have shared right. your journey, um, you know, from your Rasta days into orthodoxy. Um, could you tell us about, you know, uh, you know, how, how that kind of transitioned and what are the things that you have still kept from that that where you feel there's still the same heart and um like where that's led you now let let me actually before you get going on that let me also Mm -hmm. ask uh i'm also curious about um how you got into rasta so Mm. you know i'm i I don't necessarily want to be like you know asking you for your entire life story but i i think it's crucial to to know how you got there too, because that's not exactly a mainstream thing. Um, you know, it's not like the, the yeah. Rastas knock on your front door, like Mormons, and Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. Right, you know? Right. So, so I'm a little curious about that yeah. too, as well, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, the simple, simple answer is Bob Marley, you know, <laughs> his music, his music, you know, sure. um, my wife would tell me or tell you that anything I look into, I go all the way, Mm. you know? So when Bob became my thing and we got to see him, you know, um, perform a concert at Lawrence, Kansas, Hoke Auditorium. Wow. Um, Amazing, Mm. you know, show. I remember after that show feeling that that was my life, that I was just going to follow him around. Mm. You know, yeah. you know, be one of those people that go to concerts and follow him wherever he went. Well, he died three months later, you know, mm. so that didn't happen, you know. But uh, I started looking at who he was and what he um, what he felt, you know, and his belief in God and his belief in his majesty, Haile Selassie. You know, I looked into Haile Selassie very deeply, you know. And he was a Orthodox Christian, you know. So for a while, I just, you know, went into 
the whole uh, Rasta thing. But then at one point, it became more to me, you know, and I looked into his majesty, you know, and that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Rasta, you know, the one that we were looking to was not Rasta. Right. He was Orthodox Christian, you know, and a big Orthodox Christian, you know, yeah. and I started studying his life and, you know, every day he started his life in church every day, 6 a.m. He was in church, you know, seeing pictures of him kissing the cross, kissing the Bible, you know, wow. those things made me look deeper, you know, this wasn't a music thing. Sure. You know, this, this was a faith. You know, this was, you know, not even just a faith. It was Christianity. Right. You know? and, and, you know, I, I went deep into that. And then I met a, a man named Father. Uh, he's, he's called Father Alexi now. But at that time, he was Father um, Pisces. Um, he was an Orthodox priest in kind of the ghetto of Kansas City that I met and that I knew from from Reggae Fest, you know. Oh, we wow. Did reggae. Yeah. And he came to the Reggae Fest and, and, and asked us if we knew the face of his majesty, you know. So anyway, I started going. I remember going to St. Mary's, which was his church at the time. And when I walked into the church... I, I remember feeling this thing. I've said this many times that I knew I was home. Mm. I'd found what I'd been looking for my whole life, yeah. you know, and it wasn't the people. It wasn't the service. It was just, it was everything. Yeah. It was everything, you know, and then I started going deeply, deeper, more into the faith, you know, and and his majesty what he really stood for you know and he told us to read the saints lives to read the scripture you know all that kind of stuff you know and 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 in the rasta life some of that got lost in the trans uh translation you know sure. between but if you went through that and you really saw his majesty his majesty was an orthodox christian you know uh, and, you know, devout, you know, and just, you know, he he was powerful, you know, and he, he, like all of us, you know, suffered for his faith, you know, you know, he was a world leader. Yeah, right. You know? So, he, of course, he was attacked, you know, and and told to do this, told to do that. But no, he didn't. He, he stayed strong to his faith, you know, and. So through him, I, I tried my best to do that too, go deeper into the faith, you know, and started reading the daily scriptures and, you know, just everything. Um, and then at one point, my parish of St. Mary's, which was a fairly small parish at the time, and we were all from different walks of life, white, black, you know, um, poor, you know, whatever, you know, but we'd all ended up there for some reason together, you know, and it just happened, you know, and then the people after a few years came to Father Alexi or Father Pisces at the time and said, 
you know, Michael is a father. You know, we need him to be a father. And we need him to help you take some of the weight off you, you know. Yeah. So at that point, I went to visit the bishop in Chicago of the Serbian church who we were under at that time. Talked to uh, Vatica Longing. And, you know, most times you go to seminary, you go to school and all that. Right. And Longing talked to me at the time and said that the people love you already. You know, they love you already. So uh, we're going to make you deacon now. And sure. if school comes up, we'll do that later. You know, yeah. but not worry about it. Well, I never went to school. I mean, now, one, seminary. One of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners may not know, especially those who are not Orthodox, is that a deacon does a whole lot of stuff in an Orthodox service. So yeah. I would imagine that was something you could learn in the local context. You didn't necessarily have to go to seminary. But I know that's a big part right. of the formation of priests and deacons in seminary is learning how to perform the services uh, properly. So what, what was that process like for you? Well, I mean, to be honest, at first it was very overwhelming. Sure. You know? I mean, I remember uh, uh, a fellow priest at a, at a Greek church, you know, when he heard that I was becoming deacon, he had told me, <laughs> and this sounds terrible, but he told me, don't worry about praying for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right. Just learn, just learn what you have to do. You know, that's your job right now. Right. But that's, that scared me. I mean, yeah, because I was becoming deacon to pray, you sure. know, and he was being sarcastic, I yeah. know, but, you know, but still it, it kind of slapped me in the face, you know, and, um, but yeah, I, I, me and, and me and me and a brother, uh, my godfather, actually, he's a monk or soon to be a monk. Tikhon, um, he he lived in the building where our church was, okay. and so he was in always every service and every Saturday I would come up there and we'd spend the day to do together. And that night, you know, we would get things ready, and then at four in the morning on Sunday we'd get up and get everything ready for liturgy. You know, wow. But I remember one day saying to him, and I've said this to many people. And, and it was like a, a gift that was given to me. And I don't exactly know where it came from, but they, the, the voice I heard or the whatever you want to call it said, stay lost in the liturgy. Hmm. Stay lost in the liturgy. And, and the reason for that is, um, Liturgy services and many things like those things, after you do them for a while, you just, you can, you can start just doing them. You know, it's just sure. like habit, you know? Yeah. But if you stay lost in it, you feel it. Mm. Yeah. There's always treasures um, to discover when you're, when you're yeah. a little lost. There, there's always something to that's going to uh, tweak you in a new way. Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, I've always preached that, you know, stay lost in, in, in the liturgy and lost in 
and love lost and you know all those things you know don't don't become too too comfortable you know well also like you know like you're saying like getting lost in liturgy i know for me there's times when i'm getting lost in liturgy like you're not so focused on like you know um you know crying children or this person coming in this then a third you're just so focused right. and lost right. in it. and it's like it it's it's a whole different experience and like i mean it's, it's not always yeah. that especially it's just like laity but um you know it's it's something i i try to have every time you know but yeah. and, and i see the difference yeah. you know amen amen it's true it's true and that, that's where the blessing comes, I believe. Yeah. Know, I believe. You know, uh, when you become too familiar with some stuff, it becomes too, um, I don't know, just like, it just kind of passes through. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. But I've gave that message to many priests and, you know, new priests. And um, like Father Turbo, we have at St. Mary's now, he's, um, the new priest there and a new church we're having you know they have a new church which i haven't been to because of the pandemic yeah but um that when he came as deacon that was the first message i gave to him you know because you know at first you're wanting to you know do everything right and everything yeah i told him don't do everything right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know stay lost yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it all come together you know yeah, that that's awesome uh, that you know Father Turbo. We I, I was actually just as we were getting this conversation going, he came to mind, and I thought, my goodness, we need to invite him to be on sometime. So, yeah, for sure. He, he's for done sure. some of my tattoo work uh, from his oh, California yeah. days when he was when he had a tattoo shop out there. Yeah, he's he's a gifted man, gifted. You know. Yeah, Turbo Turbo Qualls. Very, very close to me. They just had another blessing, a new baby. Oh, wow. You know, oh, thank God. That's awesome. A couple of weeks, couple of weeks ago, yeah. You know. So, yeah, the blessings continue. You know, he, he's, a, he's a little brother of mine, but he's became big. <laughs> <laughs> I love him very much. Well, so in, in the course of life, uh, you know, you, you've told us a lot about your journey into orthodoxy your journey through music um one thing that really is is coming through from a lot of what you said is a lot of compassion um and a lot of love for other people i i think i think that's been very clear from almost the first second you opened your your mouth uh in this conversation uh just i felt like i heard a lot of love for other people and um i'm i'm curious what that's like um, practically. I mean, it, is, this a, is this something that you've, you've had to cultivate? Is this something that has bubbled out of you over the years? Um, is this something that people draw it out of you? I, I don't know. I, I, wanna know. I wanna know a little bit about where your compassionate uh, burning love for others comes from. Well, first I would have to say probably all those things that you just said, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, I, I feel like I'm blessed, you know, by talking to you now and my brother and um, all, all these um, 
people that have came into my life, you know, for different reasons, but somewhat the same reasons, but different. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm not worthy of all, all of you, you know, but I'm doing my best to try to give life, love back and yeah. for everyone. But um, where did it come from? Um, maybe my mom. Sure. She passed two, two, almost two years ago. Hmm. Um, and she was my first best friend, you know? Yeah. And she, most people who know her probably wouldn't know that of her, but I knew, I knew that from her and what I got from her. Um, she taught me to love people, you know? Yeah. With, I don't know how she did that, but. I gave her the credit. Sure. It was, it sounds like it was a big part of who she was like. Yeah. 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 How, how have you, uh, how have you handled that? That's a couple of years without your mother, who was one of your best friends. It's been hard, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard. And, um, her last year was not good, you know? Yeah. Um, she was tormented, and um, it was very hard to see her that way, you know. Yeah. For her last year, um, it's like a demon was on her or something. Mm. You know? So that was very hard for me, yeah. and there, there was nothing I could do for yeah. her, you know. Sure. Um, I had a great grandma who um, she 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 passed in ninety two, I believe, um, but. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in well into her 90s, but like seeing that there was like this change in her and it's like she wasn't she wasn't who she was. And so that that that's hard. Like you're saying, like, you know, still trying to like, you know, know that person is inside there and still try to love them. But at the same time, it's like it's something completely different. Sometimes like, you know, you don't know how to what to do, you know, except Mm -hmm. pray, I guess. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, uh, now I have my dad. He, he's, you know, here still. We have him in a assisted living place. He's 93 and he's very confused. And, you know, right. in the course of the pandemic and stuff, um, just recently I've been able to see him once a week. But for the last eight months, I couldn't go see him even, you know. Oh, my goodness. So that's been, was very hard. Uh, me and him were never really close, um, but when my mom went to sleep, uh, we became close, you know. Sure. And so I, I thank God every day that um, God allowed this time for me and him, you know, to make uh, amends. And he doesn't even see that, but I do. You sure. Know? And I'm there for him, you know, 100%, you know. But, yeah, it's been very hard, very hard. But, you know, blessed, too. I had a mom and dad, you know. Right, right. Part of my life, you know, so, wow. Well, and, and what, a, what a gift to, you know, I don't, I don't know the story of, you know, your, you and your father, but for, toward the end of his life, for you to be able to find some redemption in that and for, for him oh, yeah. to be able to find some way of making amends, um, that, that's got to be a beautiful thing. It is totally beautiful, totally beautiful. 
and I feel like my mom had a hand in it, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like she, she gave us that time, you know, I feel like, you know, so yeah, I'm very grateful, very grateful for this time for sure. Strange that I see myself in him a lot too, you know? Sure. You know, yeah, <laughs> which is good, good and so time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, I know the feeling. It's like there's times like I go over to Don't my parents' all. house and I see my my see my dad with all his little piles of projects, and I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, one of the things I've been contemplating uh, recently, and maybe, maybe you can speak to this, is a lot of times when when people have have done something um well it doesn't even have to be full-on horrible just something that puts puts a wedge in the relationship strains the relationship uh a lot of times if we get behind that you know that it's not always like pure malice right like a lot of times what's behind that is a deeply rooted pain or a fear of something yes yes um you know, or, or, you know, I think when it comes to our fathers, like we see in our parents, um, yeah. we, we see what we don't like or about us reflected in them or, or however you want to describe right. the reflection. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, it's no different for them. Yeah. You know, exactly. they, they're bringing behaviors. They brought behaviors to uh, our upbringing that they learned somewhere or they brought pain into. Yeah, yeah. In you know, like, and I think, um, I think about, so my, my dad, my, st- so I'll, I'll just say briefly, I've said on the podcast before, my, my biological father died when I was young and then I was raised by my stepdad. Um, uh-huh. And so I don't know how my biological father would, would have raised me because I was so young, but with, with my stepdad, um, you know, they talk about nature and nurture uh, and, and how we turn out. Right. So it's a little bit of both. Right. So I was nurtured by my stepfather and I have many of his traits, none of which can be traced biologically. They're, they're more behavioral. Um, And like any kid, you know, I get mad at myself when I'm too much like my dad. Right. But at at the same time, there's some beautiful stuff about that too. And I've recently been contemplating some of the difficulties and it's not my story to tell, but some of the difficulties he had with his father. And I think, my God, he came so far, you know, like to have gone through the difficulties that he did with his father and have done yeah. so much better. Um, and right. thank God, even in their, in their case, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like you, he was able to, toward the end of his father's life, they were truly able to have a real relationship, but not everybody right. gets that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um so that that's such a gift, but I'm wondering if maybe you can comment on some of that idea of um, our behaviors, particularly our undesirable behaviors, stemming from past pain and difficulties. Yeah, well, you know, the first thing that when you first started talking that came to mind was that we we must remember not just our dads, but everyone when we see something bad on that person. It's not the person, it's the evil that stands behind them. Yeah. You know, the person, you know, we all have choices of good and bad, you know. But um, sometimes we don't realize that, you know. But um, evil is there. Evil is real. You know, evil is real and and has no power 
unless we give it to them. You yeah. know, well, it's the same thing with our dads and our moms and all that. But we don't we don't realize that, you know, as we grow up. Yeah. You know, but when you when you realize that, you know, this is my dad, you know, you know, he helped born me, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. see him. Yeah. As <laughs> yeah. Your dad. You know, it's just this yeah. beautiful thing. It's like this, like the sun that, you know, breaks through the clouds at that moment. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, that's my dad. Yeah. That's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can just focus on that, you know, it's, it's so much easier. It's so much easier. You know? Yeah. I mean, love is everywhere. You know, love is always, you know, when you don't see it, it's right around the corner. You know, it's waiting to meet you every time, you know, God is love and, you know, wow. It's just, it's so deep, you know? Yeah. So deep. And sometimes we get, you know, sidetracked with our, you know, TV series, you know, Grace and um, whatever. I can't remember some <laughs> show we're watching. Grace and Maggie or something, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when we, when we, you know, open our hearts and open our minds and our eyes and stuff again, you know, it's all about love, you know. It's all about love. And it's just waiting for us. Yeah. It's just waiting for us. When God when God went on the cross, you know, he wasn't like hugging himself. No, he was open. Opened yeah. his arms to us. Mm-hmm. He opened his arms to us on the cross, you know, welcoming each one of us to come to him in love. You know, that's the message, you know. Thief, murderer, adulterer, you know. You, me, yeah. He opened his arms to us. Yeah. yeah. All of that. It's it's hard not to. Um, it, it, or let me say that differently. It would be hard to miss the power of the image of the cross, even from uh, from a secular standpoint. If you were even just to look at it as a literary device, here here yeah. is a a man uh, who has no particular. Um, worldly power or strength and it was in his compassion and love that um, ends up getting him arrested tried and crucified unjustly yeah Yeah. and nonetheless what you see through all of it is this steadfast love even while hanging from a cross he has compassion on the convicted thief next to him yeah 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 it's it's power it's so powerful you know, who went with him first, you know, Saint so-and-so, priest so-and-so, right. father so-and-so? No. no. The thief. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You know? And and he didn't, you know, he didn't gather 12 disciples around him who were the learned and wise. You know, he gathered yeah. the ordinary people, the fishermen, yeah. uh, and the despised yeah. of, of society. He gathered... Yeah. He gathered us. He gathered us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's why I always feel there's hope for me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, let me correct you for all of us. <laughs> yeah. For all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, that that's the thing I think about 
um, learning love, you know, even when we were talking about like, you know, our things our parents have brought to things, it's like, you know, I've been married for, you know, 16 and a half years and just thinking of all just even childhood things I've brought to my marriage, like hurts and all those and trying to like, you know, work, work those out. And those times when I'm like, I'm still dealing with this, you know, lack of communication, all these things. And that's where I'm really blessed, you know, to be married because that's where I really feel like I can, uh, I can really comprehend what love is because I'm given all these opportunities, you know, to be, um, you know, compassionate to my wife or, you know, gentle with my children, you know? Right. Right. That's totally true, man. Totally true. Totally true. You know, I, I was uh, thinking, I was trying to find the exact scripture, but this is not a Bible study, so I'll just press on. But uh, in, in Philippians, you know, um, St. Paul talks about uh, Jesus emptying himself of the prerogatives that he could have held as God and this, in this self emptying and he offers himself up on the cross. And one of the most profound thoughts uh, actually came to me on tour many years ago um, was that in the midst of this, that like, actually, let me, let me back this up. I, I would think the way to grow in this world, to grow spiritually um, is going to be a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, exciting things, you know, uh, self-discipline and all of that's, that's important. Um, but it seems to me that the key to spiritual growth in Philippians is suffering. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I can't help, but uh, come back to that, that the, the key to growth, the key to glory is really to suffer a lot or to have compassion on the suffering of others. What do you, yeah. what do you think about that idea? Well, I mean, look at, look at the life of Christ, our Jesus, you know, did it, did it stop with Hosanna? No, it stopped with uh, crucifixion. And, 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 you know, this one time I was in Montenegro, at a monastery and a dear nun of mine, uh, Lucia, she's a mother now, Abbess, but at that time she was a nun. And she said something very profound to me. And she said, you know, there can't be a resurrection without a crucifixion. Mm. Right. And it just stopped me in my tracks, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I remember that all the time. And, and that's what I'm, you know, I mean, you know, we didn't, the, the life of Christ didn't stop with palm, palm branches on the path and the donkey and all of that. Right. You know, and it could have, but it didn't, you yeah. know. So, you know, that's, that's, that's it, you know. I mean, it's a full circle. It's not just part, part circle, you know. Um, sorrow is part of joy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. You know, cold, cold weather is part of spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, sickness is part of being well, you know. Yeah. I mean, all those things. So many years ago, um, in the early days of my my, uh, group, Royal Ruckus, 
we, we had a couple of DJs come and go. We had this one DJ who was a real sharp guy. And I was, I was very Protestant and I was telling him that, you know, I was not comfortable with a crucifix, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he got a kind of a wry smile on his face and, and mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, what's your main thing? And I said, well, the cross should be empty. Jesus is resurrected. And he said, well, Jesus wouldn't have needed to be resurrected if he hadn't been on the cross. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've never, yeah. I've never had a problem, you know, having uh, a corpus on the cross ever since. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And, and yeah. in fact, you know, speaking of yeah. St. Paul, he said that he resolved to know nothing but Christ crucified. Yeah. And the resurrection yeah. is everything, yeah. but we don't have the resurrection without the cross. We don't have right. resurrection without the suffering. Yeah. Yep. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That says it all. I mean, uh, perhaps it, yeah. That's it, brother. Well, and th- there, there's a lot of sufferings in this life. Um, you know, and we, we all, we all, like someone else signed us up for this life, right? No, none of us, mm-hmm. um, you know, got to choose which pill to take to get here. Um, right. Yeah. So we got here. Um, and then we just have to face what whatever we face. And right. uh, my understanding is that you yourself have faced uh, one of the difficulties that it seems like more and more people are facing all the time, and uh, and that's cancer. Yes. Uh, can you take us a little bit into what that experience uh, was like, learning about that, and and uh, how you've gone through that process? Yeah. Um, well, uh, something like seven years ago, um, I felt a, a lump on my testicle, actually. Sure. And went to the doctor, and he barely touched it. And he said, you know, it's a tumor, and, you know, you need to, you know, we need to look at this, you know, right away. Um, the next day was St. Nicholas Day, and I was in liturgy um, at my church with Father Pisces. And after liturgy, I was told to call the doctor. You know, I called the doctor, and he said, you know, it's cancer and it's tumor, and we need to remove this tomorrow. You know, now. We need to do this now. And they said it was leached into your stomach, and that if it has leaked into your stomach, you know, you need to tell your family, you know, maybe three months, you know, or, you know, wow. so to yeah. prepare, your, sure. prepare your family. You know. um, so the next morning I went into surgery. Um, the tumor, thanks to God, came off the stomach, you know, so it was the best thing that could be. Yeah. Um, I did radiation for six months every day. Oof. And that was, you know, t- truly that was the worst part of the whole deal. Yeah. I would imagine I was more fairly sick. miserable. Yeah, I was more sick from that than I was from any of the cancer I ever knew about. You know? Yeah. Uh, and till, till this day, you know, seven years later, I still am sick like a week of a month, every month. You know, wow. it's like this circle that goes around and they they put like a tattoo on my chest um, where they did the radiation. 
Okay. Uh, every day. And to this day, seven years later, uh, certain times this big rash will happen from that tattoo. Oh, wow. And I will feel, mm. feel nauseous and feel sick for like a week, wow. you know, during that time. And then it kind of goes away. Um, recently, I, I found out that I have prostate cancer now, too. Okay. So I have two cancers mm. now. Um, the prostate cancer isn't so big right now. Sure. Um, my doctor actually said I would probably die with it instead of because mm. of it. Oh. You know? But um, he wants me to, you know, we do biopsies. Um, and it, that's how they found it. He wants me to do it again, but I'm not so sure I'm going to do it again. You know, um, you know, I mean, I'm 62 and I did, I just don't know about all that stuff now. You know, I'm doing some herbal things and, you know, stuff like that to try to combat it, you know, somewhat, but as far as the radiation or I will not do chemo for sure. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I just don't sure. feel, you know, if I was younger, if I was younger, yeah, maybe, you know, I would feel more to do it. Now, my son is a little upset with me for not doing it, you know, um, his wife is a nurse and, you know, they know everything, but, you know, I just, I don't know. But, um, yeah. but anyway, let me, let me say this real before I, you know, I kind of got off course here, but. When I first found out I had cancer, um, I felt blessed. Really? You know, I, I had this thing that came over me, you know, it was just an unbelievable feeling. You know, it's like, I remember my mom at the time was very mad at me. She was very mad at me for being at peace with this, you know. But what I couldn't, what I couldn't explain to her was that every flower I saw suddenly became the most beautiful flower. Every talk I had with you or my brother or whoever was the greatest talk I ever had. Mm, yeah. Every spoonful of food that I had suddenly tasted the best of my whole life. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so um, there's there's a there's a father, uh, Father Lazar. He's from Austria in Montenegro, and he also died of cancer. And he told his wife, or he told anyway his people, that cancer was the illness of paradise. Hmm. And I, I so understood what he said at that moment, you know, hmm. because. Suddenly, everything is <laughs> like you never saw it before. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like we should have seen it all the time. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it took, it took that to make you feel. Yeah. 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 So I, I you know, I'm like grateful for it, really. I really am. You know. That's I mean that's yeah. maybe I mean it's hard that that that's that's a the blessing and it's like a hard thing to say maybe and hear, yeah. you know. 
um, just because like, you know, right now with everything, you know, that's going on, like there's so many polarizations of everything. Yeah. It's kind of like just learning to be able to wake up and say, today is a blessing. I've been given today, like I've been given yeah. an opportunity to, to love my neighbor. And how can I do that? How can yeah. I see those opportunities, yeah. you know? Amen. Amen. That's what it's all about, brother. You know, and even more so now, you know, even more so now, but yeah. always, but yeah. Love is, you know, I've been saying this for a while this year, but love is every answer. Hey, every answer. Hey, love, bo. I'm walking in the club like, um, excuse me. Not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, bo. Not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, bo. Not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, bo. I'm walking in the club like, not you, shipwreck. So what are we what are we drinking, guys? Uh, any, I, I think I've been sipping on things more than anybody else. I feel like I've just been gulp, gulp, gulp. Um, well, no. I, here's the thing: is I I like to drink things, right? So I was it was kind of cold, so I've made myself some coffee. <laughs> and then yeah, I was like, so I, right now, I was drinking. It was like this uh, winter ale. It's a heat miser, is what it's called from uh, McKenzie Brewing in Eugene. But yes. uh, I was trying to find something that was close to Kansas, you know, and the best I could come <laughs> up with was uh, Boulevard Brewing. I, <laughs> um, you know, it's right, right close, but it's the Tank 7. So I'm, I've been sipping on that right now. So it's, you know, crisp and refreshing, a little Saison, nice gold nail. Nice. Did you say, did you say Boulevard Beer? Yeah, yeah. Boulevard Beer? That's yeah. That's yeah. from uh, that's from my town. Yeah, that's <laughs> from right right next door to where I work. Oh wow! You oh, know, wow. Boulevard beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you you nailed it. I know them well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that looks me, like uh, amazing saison. Um, they do. Me, I'm I'm a brandy guy. You know. Wow. Nice. What kind of L little bit Serbian. of brandy? What kind of brandy? Oh, you a uh, Slivovich is what it's called. Can you see? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that that uh, actually reminds me of my days living in Philadelphia. Uh, I went to a Russian Orthodox church up there, and uh, Father Gregory, the assistant priest, would would always have that at gatherings at his house. So uh, I've oh, yeah. I've definitely uh, shot that, sipped that, spilled that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I miss it. So I, 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 I don't it. know. I don't know how to enjoy brandy though. Like I've drank plenty of brandy, but I don't know that I've drank brandy any differently than I've drank crappy vodka. So, uh, what, what, how do, how do, how does one explore brandy? Well, first of all, you drink the vodka first, and then you drink the brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Good no, to know. but you know, I mean. I mean, I mean, truly, the the brandy I get here, it's okay. But if you go to Serbia or Montenegro or something like that, oh, my gosh, it's so good there. Wow. And all the monasteries have their own, their special one. And uh, 
um, you have some old guy in every community, every village that is the brandy guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, wow. it's just so part of the culture there. Like when your son is born there, you, you get um, three or four jugs of the brandy on the day he was born. Oh, wow. And you bury it. Okay. And then, and then, and then when he then when he's going to get married, that's what you serve at the wedding. Wow. You know, things like that. It's just so. That's deep, really cool. You know? I love that. It's like, and it, you know, it's like, it's like I used to say in the Rasta days, you know, that the ganja herb was no big deal, you know? Yeah. And I'll say the same thing about brandy. What I used to say is that ganja and now I'll say brandy. <laughs> it's like the loaf of bread. It's like the loaf of bread in your, your kitchen. Right. You know, it's just, it's just there. It's just, it's no big deal. It's not like, oh, we're going to do brandy now. You know, we're, oh, we're going to No, it's just, you know, let's have some a sandwich, you know, or whatever. You know, it's just, it just is. A little brandy with your sandwich. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's no, it's no big yeah. deal, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's nothing, yeah. you know? I love that idea of, uh, of burying it and then getting it later. Um, Charlie Papazian. I'm not even sure if I'm pr- pronouncing his last name right, but uh, uh-huh. he, he was big in uh, American homebrew circles. And basically, I, well, he, he still is, I think. But, uh, you know, he basically put homebrewing back on the American map because we lost it thanks to prohibition and all that stuff. Right. Uh, anyway, in, his, in one of his chapters in his book, uh, The New Complete Joy of Homebrewing, he talks about mead. Mm. Um which is a phenomenal beverage. Um, and he would do this mead that he would go bury on a mountain somewhere in Arizona and he knew the spot. And then he'd go back periodically, dig it up and, you know, get some aged mead and put new stuff back in the ground. And I always just figured I wanted to do that someday, but I have yet to bury yeah, a bottle yeah. of, of anything. really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking a couple of things here. Um, I, that I actually wanted to talk about because I've, I've been dying to talk to Clayton about it. Um, one I've, I, so I've been cutting back on drinking alcohol and mm. so I'm trying different things to see what still kind of like itches that same desire for a beverage in the evening, but with, without the alcohol effects for those nights that I don't want any alcohol. And, uh, I got this hop water. It's basically like, if you imagine, like LaCroix or some other flavored sparkling water, but you add mm-hmm. hops. And mm-hmm. it also has adaptogens mm. and nootropics. It's got 5-HTP in here. It's like, it, wow. it's kind of amazing. It's got vitamin C. Uh, yeah. So it's they, they say it gives you a, a little bit of a, of a buzz. Um, I've never noticed a buzz from it, but it's possible that, you know, it just makes me feel more... But- like, but there's no alcohol in it. No, it's it's basically just sparkling water that's brewed with hops and uh, and a little bit of like supplements. Wow. In it's there. those adaptogens. That's what you're getting all buzzed off of, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I I guess it I it probably is making me feel good. Yeah, but um, it's not the same, right? right. So it's it, it's not like getting liquored up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then and then the other yeah. one I'm drinking is uh. My, my wife brought it in. You might've seen 
someone we, 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 we saw the hand <laughs> <laughs> she she brought me the uh surreal brewing company non-alcoholic red ipa Ooh. and you know what it's actually fantastic so that's really an ira right what i don't i don't I don't get it. An IRA. It's an India red ale. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought you were making a joke about no, something. No, it's uh, a real thing. <laughs> all right. I, well, I, I guess it's probably difficult to market a non-alcoholic IRA. Mm-hmm. So they, they're calling it a non-alcoholic red IPA. Yeah. But, but it's it's fantastic. Uh, if, if you told me that this was a normal red IPA, I would not know any different. That's good. Um, so... It makes me feel like I'm having a beer. Yeah. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Made me blessed. <laughs> well, it's it's been really fun hanging out and uh, getting to know you. I I hope we get a chance to to do some more um, in the future. Uh, you know, a couple of things that I'd like to tell our listeners to check out uh, that were mentioned earlier. Like Clayton said, you you had the interview on ancient faith. Um, I'm assuming that's still up there, right? Um, I think yeah. so. I think it, it is. is. I'm not. I'm not positive. All right. Okay. So, so ancient ancientfaith.com. Um, what What's your last name, actually? Because that might be important for them to Google. Wilson. Wilson. W i l s o n. So, so if uh, there's also one called um, Our Town. Um, yes. He, he's a local guy here that. Um, well, obviously, does stories about people in our town, you know. So that's but, um, and that's fantastic, and people should check that out. It's that's on uh, Vimeo. It might be on YouTube. Yes. I don't know, but it's on. It's yeah. definitely I think on Vimeo. Put, I think if they put Father Deacon Michael, our town, it'll come up. Yeah, that's you know? absolutely worth watching. Uh, yeah. I watched it this afternoon. It's about twenty-five minutes long. Um, yeah. Really cool. Gives a nice insight into your life as well as what a uh, little bit of what Lawrence is uh, like and yeah, yeah, all that. Some cool reggae he's stuff good. in there. It's really well done. He's really he's really good. I mean, just like you are. He he. You know, I'm not anybody, but you guys bring it out of me. So, but he did really well with that. You know, so I I really liked that our town. I really do. You know, I felt like he. Um, got me to open up you know yeah and we were sitting in my front yard so that helps yeah yeah it was nice it was nice and and my life kind of changed after that too you know so uh, it was very powerful for me and i'll make sure i post all that stuff in the notes when i when the when the podcast gets posted i'll post all those links in the notes and is, it, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to plug or share? Is there any, any, anything people need to be checking out? Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to say is, you know, the, as a, as a priest, you know, as a deacon, the lowest priest, um, I wanted to say, you know, today is the publican and the Pharisee day for our church. Yeah. We're starting to go into Lent and, I wanted to tell people that, um, you know, it's called that, but another title could be meekness and arrogance, Hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, If you just, you know, read the stories of this day about the Pharisee and the publican, you know, one was kind of arrogant and one was kind of meek, you know? 
and try to see yourself in that. Yeah, and it's it's worth it's worth pointing out that the arrogant one was the well respected one, and the the humble one yeah. maybe wasn't as appreciated. And if we put that in our in our modern yeah, exactly. context, uh, you know, it's very tempting right. for us to have certain people that we regard as uh, you know someone to be avoided. Well, that the one to yeah. be avoided was the one in the story who was the humble one, yeah. right? So exactly, exactly. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful reminder. Anything else I would just say again, you know, repeat myself that, you know, love is every answer, you know, um, yeah. let's love more, you know, please let's love more, you know, love, you know, ex president Trump, love everyone, you know, that's what it's all about. That's, that's what we got to do. You know, we got to love, you know, yeah, we have to love, even we don't, even if we don't understand. Yeah, we must love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's very beautiful. Every, every answer. Every answer. Love you, brother. Love you too. I love you, both of you, and um, this has been great. You know, I, I really enjoyed this, and I hope that um, you know that what you us three have been trying to put out there has been felt by people and will be felt by people um, because it takes each and every one of us to make this keep, keep going, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and God is, God is love and God is on and on and on and on. You know, he, he's just so much. He's just so yeah, and I, I, I think that's that's a that's a very important uh, place to, to end on, because I, I think, you know, if there's anything that's that's lacking in this world, it's love and kindness. And um, it's something yeah. that can be cultivated, you know, I'm not to sound yep. cliche, but we are all in this together. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, if, if yep. we can if we can uh, work together and try to make this existence a little less miserable for one another. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's yeah. do it. So yeah. Yeah. For, for the, for the listeners, uh, you know, please, please share this out. If there's anybody that you think would benefit from this episode, please share father Deacon Michael's, uh, interview with others. Um, of course we can easily be shared from bruisebeards.com. Uh, we're also on the Instagram at bruisebeards. Um, and, and, and I would like to say that uh, I always do this any kind of interview. Sure. My email is oh, orthodoxonelove at gmail.com. If anybody was confused about something I said or, or, you know, questioned something I said or whatever, you know, they can always contact me there. And I promise you I will re reply to them. And, that, you know. and that's all spelled out in letters, orthodoxonelove at gmail? Yes. Small letters, yeah. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Uh, Clayton, anything else you want to say or plug? Um, just uh, Bruce Beards on Instagram. And uh, if you guys want to check me out, I'm Nomadic Vagabond with a K at the end, all one word, um, on Instagram. And uh, it's just been, you've been blessed and this has been great. Um, Father Dickon, do you got any other uh, like socials or anything as far as Facebook, Instagram, all that? Uh, I'm on Facebook as Michael Wilson. I'm on Instagram as Father Deacon Michael. 
Um, I love to talk to everyone, you know. Um, please send me a link to this this show because all my children, I want all my children want to see it, you know. So yeah, uh, be good. Yeah, I love you guys. You know, I think this is beautiful. What you're doing. Well, th thanks for being on. And uh, for everyone else, of course, uh, always got to plug royalruckus.com. Uh, this podcast is an extension of uh, the work of myself and uh, a little bit of my partner, Michael, from Royal Ruckus. And uh, we're also at Royal Ruckus or at Royal Ruckus Official, depending on the platform. And we've got some new music uh, coming later this year that will hopefully push forward the idea of love. Well, actually, the, the big record this year is going to be called Mr. Rogers of the Rap Game. And it's going to be all about a lot of the stuff we talked about. So, Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, all, all the best to you. And Glory be to God. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you, man.
Get ready. 